Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Mobile One Radio Le Mans, 91.2 FM, energy to perform. 2019 Le Mans might have begun last weekend with the test, but now the race week kicks off and it's all here at the Plaza de la Republique for scrutineering. Hi everybody, I'm Shay Adam with Mobile One Radio Le Mans, 91.2 FM, but this year it's not just me. I'm not alone down here. I have been... uh, not coerced. I've been blessed with Joe Bradley <laughs> and his presence. Joe, last time you came to scrutineering, it was a lot different. In fact, it was in a different place. It, it was completely different and, and a lot less of an event. It's quite an event down here, the Place de la République, um, with stands and uh, this place is about to be rocking any moment now. And I, I know we're looking forward to seeing um, not all of the cars, but quite a group of cars. We've got this afternoon, uh, we're going to see quite a group of cars. And we're back here tomorrow for a full day of scrutineering. And um, things a little bit different. One of the first of the cars to show up is the uh, the car that I certainly want to uh, have a chat to their drivers, the number 36, the Signatech car. And uh, that car, of course is in for a championship. It's not just about the race this weekend, let's not forget. It's about the world super season, the world championship super season. So we're, we're all eager and, and ready, shit. You're going to explain to me, as well as everyone else, just what the format of this afternoon's about. Because, like I said, it's a little bit different than when I last was here. Yeah, it is. And, and the interesting thing is that there's so few cars coming through today. We've got two more cars than we have ever had running the 24 hours of Le Mans, certainly in my time. I remember when I started, I think it was 50 55 the first year I came. Now we're up to 62, and yet there are fewer cars on the Sunday than I think there have been in my time coming here. That's actually going to be a record share, 62. Yeah. If we have 62 cars make the start on Saturday afternoon, that's going to be a record. Very good point, Joe. And of course, it's not a guarantee that just because you show up, your car is going to make it all the way through. Crashes happen. We've seen that happen before, including to one team who's coming through today. That would be Corvette Racing. Remember, it wasn't that many years ago when the 63 car didn't even make the start of the race. The 64 car went on to win that year. And this is a big year for Corvette Racing. I can't wait to chat with those drivers later today. There's a lot of talk about this race being kind of a a one-horse race with regards to Toyota two of the Toyota horses that is it's not though it can't be we're going to see Toyota scrutinied this afternoon we're also going to see one of the other LMP1 contenders Rebellion we're going to hopefully talk to their drivers Le Mans the Le Mans 24 hour share is never a foregone conclusion anything can happen and usually does here at Le Mans so for me you know the the, the challenge of the race the, the everything that the race can throw at you we are forecast a little bit of weather during race time. So the fact, you know, you might come here, yes, Toyota have got a performance advantage, but they haven't got a look advantage on anyone else, have they? And it's all about that at the end of the day. Absolutely. And just because we've got the Toyota LMP1 coming through today, we've also got Rebellion. We've got a boatload of LMP2 cars. You mentioned Signatech. We've also got the Jackie Chan DC racing car. Signatech were the victors last year but they didn't get to stand on the top step of the podium. The year before were Jackie Chan. So the LMP2 class today is going to be a lot of fun. We've got a couple of the cars from the GTE AM class, but then, of course, we've got all four GTE Pro Porsches. We're going to have a lot of people to try and waft our way through and grab some interviews. So enough from us. Let's go see what we can find, eh? 
I've just seen the first car come through. It's the number 37. It's one of the Jackie Chan cars. That's the first car in line here. So we're almost about to get started. Well, Joe, you spotted the 37 car first. So uh, let's find those drivers and have a little chat with them. And oh, look, all three of them together. What a what a lovely opportunity. <laughs> Ricky Taylor, we've seen you uh, a lot this year. So I'm not going to start with you. We've got Jordan King and David Hennemeyer Hansen, both familiar names to a lot of people. But for David, it's a return to Le Mans, a return to LMP2. And you've already won a race in this car this year year feeling a bit more comfortable than you were last year at this time a lot more comfortable uh, showing up to Le Mans as a one-off race is very difficult so to have had two races under our belts and one of those be a win I think is is great also just being back in the Orica I think I'm a little bit more comfortable in that car than I was in uh, the car we had last year so we have uh, everything going for us a test day that went well the sister car put it at the top of the timesheet we got a good lap out of ours so I feel great about it this year it's a special situation for you guys because sister car going for the championship you guys just here for the win jordan does that make it any easier coming to Le Mans for your first time oh i'm still putting myself under a lot of pressure you know I, I want to do well want to achieve well but also the team both cars can win the team's championship so although you know us as a, uh, collectively us three we can't win the championship the car still can so I think the team won a good result from us anyway so yeah there's still plenty of pressure and yeah I, I really want to get a good result so I'm definitely yeah, pushing for that. Ricky, you're normal, normally driving on Michelin's over in IMSA uh, you come over here and all of a sudden you're on Dunlops how hard was that to switch back and forth on the test day? It's not too bad I mean uh, the Michelin's in the States are or more of the customer tire for everybody, and everybody's on the same stuff, and so we've had plenty of time with that. Uh, but it's coming back to Le Mans with, with the Dunlops, and uh, the bigger learning curve has actually been the car, and uh, without the big Acura engine in the back and uh, all the Acura styling and bodywork. So it was more getting up to speed with that, and then every time you come to Le Mans, it's such a, an intimidating place, and there's, it's such a long track, and the conditions are always changing so much. So most of it's really getting up to speed and refreshing yourself on all the little intricacies that, that make Le Mans so special. You've done Le Mans six times now? This, this will be your sixth trip here? I don't think you've done it in the same car twice, have you? You just keep switching it up. Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this year definitely my best shot ever. A great opportunity with uh, Jackie Chan DC Racing and these two guys. Um, really strong lineup, great team. Uh, I think all the pieces are in place, so really looking forward to it. As, as Jordan said, we put ourselves under a lot of pressure, but uh, this team comes expecting to win, so I think it's going um, to be a good opportunity for us. I'd just like to ask Jordan this question. Jordan, you're just off the back of the Indy 500. Um, you seem to be ticking off the classics. I'm, I'm sure that's not deliberate, though, is it? Uh, it's, it's not like I sat there and, and deliberately said I'm going to do them all in one year. But, uh, yeah, it's great to be able to say I've done well, Mon Monaco technically in F2, so not, not quite Formula 1, maybe one day. Uh, and, yeah, then the Indy 500, and obviously if we can get a good race in Le Mans, it would be a kind of... A, a good pat on the back for everybody and a, you know, a nice nice thing on the mantelpiece at the end of the year. I, I know it's a bit early in the week, but um, on the scale of event, I mean, the Indy 500 a whole month, isn't it? Le Mans a whole, almost a month, isn't it? Um, with regard to the scale of the event, how do you see this one beginning to develop? Yeah, but Indy, I've been through that whole process once competing another time you know, spectating last year. And it's a whole community, you know, it's pretty much just Indianapolis's month. It, you know, it's the whole community get behind it. 
um, and it's unbelievable the support that everyone brings for that race. Uh, here, I've never done it before, so I can't say where it will get to. Um, but by all accounts, it's you know it's on par. Uh, it's a little bit different because the track's spread out over 13 kilometres rather than all stuck in kind of an arena as it is in Indy. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a different experience and obviously it's a different racing environment, uh, but just as impressive in its own right. Yeah. Thanks, John. Coming back for David, uh, last year you were switching back and forth with the GT car. This year it's been an all LMP2 focus. You've got two of the best guys in terms of driving prototypes in the car with you, and you're way more comfortable in the prototype too. Have you found a different level of comfort this year than you had last year? Absolutely. I think just slotting into the Orica right at the very first test, it felt like uh, being back in a car I just knew. I uh, done out the whole 2017 season in that Orca car, and um, the cars are just surprisingly different. Uh, the driving style is different. Um, the whole feel of the car is different. And I think it's one of the things for an uh, uh, amateur driver like myself. The difference between being in a car where you're comfortable and not comfortable is much larger than it is for a professional. Like I can be close when I'm really comfortable in the car, and I'm a lot further off when I'm not. So to be in a car here, we're comfortable and knowing that we have a lineup that can go for it um, feels great. I mean, this is as good a chance as I've ever had at Le Mans. I think looking at the sheet of competitors, we're right there. We're not giving anything up to anyone else, pretty much. Um, so to know that the car is there, to have a team with this level of experience and have this depth in our lineup is um, just a great feeling. I mean, Le Mans is special whenever you go but it's extra special when you go and you know you have a chance for the top spot. What's been the best part about each of these guys working with them over the course of uh, the test day, and what do you think will be the best part for the race? Hopefully that they're so quick that we can win. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's... David's putting more pressure on us than we've put on ourselves. Um, no, I think it's just it's, it's great. We, we have a great atmosphere in the car already, and just feeling comfortable as a team, I think, is, is really important, too, that the... I've certainly, in, in my time here, not just at Le Mans, but elsewhere else, driven with people who perhaps need a little bit more maintenance on the personal side to be in a comfortable place, and this is easy. We're not dealing with people who sort of uh, um, need to be polished off on the ego in the, in the sense that uh, for them to be formed. So I think it's, yeah, it's a great lineup. I think... Um, Obviously, with uh, Jordan, um, already have a win to our name, and I, I drove with Ricky last year, so feeling really comfortable that, uh, that we, we have a great shot. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The best shot ever, or as good of a shot as ever, for a 2014 Le Mans winner. So, David, Jordan, Ricky, good luck this year. Sam Hignett, team principal with the numbers 37 and 38. That's the Jackie Chan racing entries in LMP2. Sam, we're here at Scrutineering. Um, could you explain to us what that exactly means? I mean, I know what it means, you know what it means, but perhaps some of our listeners don't. Sure. So there's, there's two elements to what we're doing here in the centre of Longmont. We've got the administrative checks for the drivers, which is first and foremost checking their licences, checking they are who they've said they are on the entry form with using their passports, and then it's checking their equipment, that it's all up to the current FIA spec and legislation, then there's weight, height, photographs, all of the little bits and pieces that make up the programme and the, the live TV feed. So race suits, helmets, gloves, yep. underwear, that's what you mean by all equipment? All of that stuff, yeah, is being checked. Helmets, hands, devices. So that's the 
administrative check from the driver's side, from the human side of it, and from the team's point of view in that, again, it's just presenting our licence, making sure that's all up to date. Then at the other end, we've got the technical scrutineering of the car. So this is the most detailed scrutineering we do of the year. More stressful for you, I would imagine. Well, it shouldn't be. These cars are well homologated and, you know, we all abide by the rules. So it's all about going through the different stations and they will check all the different physical parameters on the car. So these LMP2 cars have got a very stringent homologation, so they're all built to a very similar rule book. And it's making sure that the individual team's cars conform, conform exactly as they should do to those rule books. So they're measuring things, they're checking things. And then the last bits and pieces they will do will be the safety elements to check the car has got all the safety equipment it should have. And then the electronics equipment so that race control can stay in touch with the car, send information on the flags and that to the car and do all the timing of the car. And how strict are they, Sam? Is it a, is it a bit like the apprehension you have when you put your car through an MOT I mean you know how strict are they on things like I don't know towing eye uh, dimensions and stuff I would imagine they're, they're pretty strict on stuff yeah so the main factor here where you'll see variance in the car and it'll be a big factor this year because remember this is the last race of a very long season so these cars are effectively a lot older than they would be normally at Le Mans normally we're rolling into Le Mans with 2,000k races under our belt we're rolling into Le Mans this time with the best bit of 22,000k's worth of racing under our belt so the main thing will be the conformity of the floors, the floor flatness how the floors sit relative to one another underneath the car and that'll be what the, the major focus will be of the scrutiny is to check that everything's exactly as it should be Sam, great insight, thanks for talking to us no let's go across to Shea who's with one of the Porsche drivers well, Richie Leeds, it seems like you and uh, Jimmy Bruni always waiting on Fred McAvecchi. He was the last one of your trio to come through scrutinering. It's another year back at Le Mans. You've been here so many times before. You've won the race three times. You going to make it four this year? Um, well, I hope so. I mean, uh, Fred is a local hero. That's why everybody knows him here. And all the French fans obviously want to speak with French people. Uh, because if we speak with me, I don't understand uh, so much. So it makes more sense to speak with him. So we wait for him. That's true. Uh, I've won here three times. I think Jimmy also. Uh, I think Fred is still missing the win. So it would be nice if we can do it together with Fred this year that he get his uh, first victory in Le Mans. Um, I think the car is well prepared. The team is ready. Uh, also, it's the championship uh, last race. It's the end of the championship this year. And uh, we theoretically still have the chance uh, on the championship, which is a good sign. Uh, you know, at the end of the year, if you still fight for the championship, it shows the season was not too bad. Uh, but the chance is quite theoretical. So I think the goal has to be flat out from the beginning and try to win it. Is it a comfort at all knowing that you're fighting with your teammates for the championship? Porsche drivers will be the WEC champions at the end of the race no matter what. Uh, I think it will relax uh, people from Weissach, but not uh, us drivers. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, for us it doesn't matter who we fight. Uh, the only thing which may be relaxed is that they need... Uh, basically some points and uh, this makes it for us quite easy that we can uh, go flat out because we have to win anyway so there is no need of uh, any tactics or any like taking care of the car we basically have to go flat out and hope the car will last and we make no mistakes and are the lucky ones at the end then we could have uh, still a chance but anyway I think it's more the goal to win the big race 24 of Le Mans.
You and Fred already won a 24-hour race in the last calendar year together, that being the 24 hours in Nürburgring. That was a phenomenal race that had a little bit of rain at the end of it. Are you guys hoping that it'll rain here at Le Mans as well? Mm, obviously for the fans, not. Um, <laughs> it depends the race situation. Uh, if we have a good car in the dry, I hope for dry condition. If we are somehow a little bit in the back or we don't have the, the pace or whatever to, to, to fight for the victory, we need some rain at the right time. But also there you have to do the right thing, put the right tires uh, at the right time. So it's a lot of gambling. I, honestly, I would like to have 20, 24 degrees, uh, nice weather for the spectators, nice weather for the drivers, and then 24-hour uh, racing uh, flat out from the beginning. You're so kind and considerate to all the fans thinking about them. But let's not forget, your car was the fastest one last year. It was the pole position car. So in theory, coming into the end of the same season, it should be just as fast, no? It's true. I mean, for sure, the, the car is um, now well known by engineers and drivers. So we know how to set up the car. Uh, it was also for us uh, at the beginning not so easy to, to uh, find the, you know out how the car works the best. It's the first time since a long time we changed the engine position, so it's not a, a plug-and-play situation. You also have to adjust the setup. And I think coming to Le Mans now, uh, I think it's the third time for this car. We, we already know what we, uh, what we want, what we expect, and how we achieve it. So therefore, for she the knowledge help. Um, I think the, the speed will be there. The qualifying lap last year from Jimmy was for sure a, a fantastic lap, uh, helped by uh, two times a slipstream from Italian uh, brand uh, colleagues. <laughs> uh, so it was for sure perfect for him. Uh, and us having this achieved this, I think it was also like a GT lab record or something, but for sure a, a really fast time. But this year is a new story and uh, we need to do it this year again. Well, Richie, the last time you and I spoke before a practice session even began was at Sebring. That went very well for you and Jimmy. Hopefully the same luck is brought to you guys this week. It's true. Sebring was a very nice race. It was our first win together. So uh, now after, before every race, you have to come and uh, talk, to, talk to me or talk to us. Deal. <laughs> yeah. The Porsche 92, one of the drivers, Kevin Esther, is with me now. Kevin, um, you're going into this race as the reigning Le Mans champion. Does that mean anything at all? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, it, it removes some pressure, to be honest, because... Now it's my fifth Le Mans and actually I finished just once and it was last year and we won. So uh, this was a lot of pressure before that. Uh, now we yeah, we came here as, as champion from last year, uh, leading the championship. So there's a pressure on this, uh, on this side because we still have to uh, claim the championship. Not too many points to make, but still it's Le Mans. Everything can happen. But uh, for this race, we uh, have to say we feel really confident. We have uh, the, the team has not changed. Nothing has changed on the car. Uh, same drivers, same engineers, same mechanic. And uh, we've been very strong last year, so we feel good. But um, I think competition will be was tough last year and will we might be tougher this year. Looks like everybody's closer. Uh, but I feel good. And the championship between two Porsches. What does that do? Does that mean you have to be a little subtle? Yeah, we, we share everything, but you know, there's still there's always some small detail here and there where you, you can try to keep it for yourself. But at the end, we drive for Porsche. We are, we are really happy to, to have won the, the Manufacturing Championship uh, with them. We have to think of the big pictures, but I think this race is going to be much more personal than uh, 
than a, than a normal WC race or even last year because, as you said, both championships are quite sealed. One is sealed and one is sealed between the two Porsche. So uh, for sure for them, they are happy. Uh, so we just have to, uh, to keep our head down, stay concentrated and, uh, and do this race. But uh, definitely we're not the, the car which will take uh, the most of the risk you know, for this race. Uh, we are, we'll try to win it, but uh, not going too crazy. And Kevin, with so much pressure on you guys, especially not just the race, the championship, here we are at Scrutineering, a week away from the race. How do you keep psychologically grounded? How do you stop peaking too early? It's tough. This one is uh, is one of the highlights from the... You've got a lot of highlights from the week. This one is the one, the first one. And tomorrow, I think we have quite a day off. So I think we'll go golfing or something. Pile normally is really good at golfing, so he should know some good place. OK, uh, Kevin, thanks for talking to us. I'll leave you to take some money off your teammates on the golf course. Uh, Joe Bradley at Scrutineering. You're listening to Radio Le Mans on 91.2 FM. Odd years at Le Mans are pretty good for Earl Bamber, 2015 and 2017 overall winner. Coming back here 2019, you got the Brumos livery on the GT car. What's it been like to be here at Scrutineering so far with such an iconic car? Actually, I haven't even seen the car at Scrutineering so far. Um, but I have, a, I have a special helmet for the weekend, so that'd be cool to sport. Um, but, you know, it, it was awesome at the test day. Um, I think the fans love both of the special liveries that Porsche's put on. Um, like you said, odd years have been quite good. Or I'd say years in uh, sort of GT hasn't been too favourable. We've always had some problems. So hopefully we have a clean run. Um, we had a good test day. Um, we've been having some good momentum in America recently. So let's see what it's going to do. Let's see what the weather does. I mean, that's going to be a tricky one. If only it's going to rain. Maybe I stay in my motorhome all week and go out for the race. <laughs> Are you doing a rain dance? Um, I don't know. I don't, we don't really know if we're good or bad, especially for us coming from America because we run a different tyre there run on a standard customer tyre and over here they run on a confidential wet so we're actually not really sure whether we should dance and pray for rain or whether we should (laughs) hope it's hot and sunny you'll just take it as it comes along now you Mr. World Traveller you've been doing a little bit of European touring in between the test and coming here how important is it to stay on one time zone to be ready for this race yeah it's important to be honest I just didn't want to fly home 12 hours and 12 hours back so um, yeah, I just just hung out in, in Europe in between, um, but yeah, it's good to be in the in the right time zone. But it's almost better to be in another time zone when we do qualifying into the night. And normally, I think on our schedule, our last meetings are always twelve o'clock at night. So maybe it's better to be on another time zone. Yeah, I'll have to try that with uh, the responsible adult. That argument for maybe sleeping in a little bit later. You guys are probably Americans are probably on the right time schedule, aren't you? Oh, I've already adapted to Europe, though. I've, I feel like I've been here forever. You now have a different experience under your belt, winning a major race as a team owner. Do you have any sympathy for the guys that you're now driving for in this one? Yeah, they have to try herd us around. It's that's a terrible job, isn't it? But no, um, it was a good experience. Uh, obviously, we've got some other big races coming up soon as well, so that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, generally enjoying that challenge. What's it like to share a car with Nick and Patrick when you're used to driving against them? Yeah, it's good fun actually. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, it's a, it's a, like nice. Obviously, I drove with Nick in 2015, so we got some good memories together. Um, and we drove together last year, so definitely we're already gelling a lot better than what we did last year. Um, you know, with that continuity as well, that goes into going to Le Mans. So that works really, really well. And um, like I said, I think the American teams make a big step since they were last year. It's always tough coming to Le Mans for the first ever time. You know, not knowing where everything is and speaking the language and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, 
it's it's going to be a good one this weekend. Everyone's obsessed with the Bamthor brotherhood that's going on between you and Larry. Uh, any opportunities to run over to his garage and go annoy him during this week? Yeah, we sort of hang out in the congregation at the back. If you see our massive like building that we have, we hang out behind there. And we actually have motorhomes next to each other this week. So that'll be fun. They can throw water bombs at them or something like that. So we're, we're far apart, but we're quite close. Our cars are next to each other in the lane as well. So you really can't lose him no matter where you go? No, and uh, I think someone was tweeting about it. We said we have to do some shake and bake while we're out there, slipstream each other, which will be a big thing actually in the race. Obviously enough, we'll be slipstreaming, so uh, maybe we can help each other. Yeah, get a special radio channel so the two of you can talk offline as opposed to everybody else. Walkie-talkie, something like that. No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> good luck this year, Earl. Cheers, thank you. Dennis Olson, you sure are knocking off a lot of these big races this year in 2019. Coming to Le Mans for the first time, running with car number 94, the Brumos livery on your car as well. That's got to be a pretty cool experience. Yeah, it's pretty special. I mean, first of all, atmosphere here on the racetrack and uh, here in Le Mans City. Uh, but of course, it's it's uh, a privilege to be here with the factory team and also in the Vermos uh, livery. So, uh, really, really excited about the race weekend and uh, looking forward to it. Now, last time I saw you was after you'd won a little race down in Australia. Uh, who were we kidding? Big race, Bathurst 12 hour. How long did that party last? Um, if I should be completely honest, we had a dinner and two beers and we went to bed because we were all completely <laughs> destroyed. Um, but uh, we celebrated afterwards and we had a good time. Now, that was a very hot race. Here we are standing in the Mall City Centre. A jacket isn't bad here, a totally different atmosphere, and a different car. How are you expecting this Porsche to handle around Lesarth? Well, it has a, um, how do you say, a good uh, time in the past here. They won last year, and I think we're in a very, very strong car. And uh, I think the, the core guys are very motivated to get a good result this year after a tough year last year. Um, so we are prepared. And uh, yes, it's a different condition here compared to Bathurst. I, I think it's going to be easier for the drivers. Um, as uh, the cooling didn't work, the drinking system didn't work, nothing in Bathurst, so it was pretty hard. Um, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be good here. Now, you said the core team being here, they brought two cars, Manthai brought two cars. Does it feel like a four-car team when you're sharing data and information? Well, we are all the same team. Uh, we are uh, working together, we're having debriefs together. Um, but, uh, okay, it has two different names. We're one team and uh, we all have one goal and that is to win. So um, I think at the end of the day we're supporting each other as good as we can and to achieve a good result. What was it like during the test to be driving around and have a Toyota LMP1 car come flying past you and then you yourself having to pass the GTE AM cars? Yeah, well, it's a bit different. I mean, I'm used to it from Nürburgring, but usually we are the quickest car there. Um, so it's a bit different when you are doing uh, 300 kilometers per hour on the straight and another car is just flying by you. Um, also in the Porsche curves to have a car on the outside when we are already on the edge sliding a bit and there is a car flying around. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get used to it pretty quickly, but uh, you get a little bit surprised the first couple of times. What are you most looking forward to about the race? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. It's just uh, the whole atmosphere here and also to, to work with such great guys as I'm doing now. Um, I think it's one of the highlights in my career so far and uh, definitely the biggest race I've done. Um, so hopefully, I think uh, we can have a highlight after the race by having a good result, finishing the race in a good place and... Uh, Let's see what happens. Dennis Olsen, thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Hi, Kaz Nakajima, Toyota number eight. Kaz, you've got to be favourite once again for pole position, and that's because you know how to do it. What's the key? Well, the key is firstly 
to have no traffic. Uh, it's always difficult to avoid uh, traffic. Last year I was lucky enough to have a completely clean lap, but uh, our sister car had a bit of traffic. So yeah, and a year before I had a traffic and our sister car had no traffic. So every year it's like a random and uh, so it's, a, a, it's a lottery. It is, it is, yeah, really. And uh, of course, it's uh, great to have a pole position, but uh, what, what count is a race result? So uh, it's a uh, yeah, nice bonus, but uh, we don't care too much. Or yeah, we don't. Yeah. Everything looked calm in the Toyota pit and test here. Did you guys achieve what you were trying to achieve at testing? Yeah, uh, because the car is basically the same as last year, so we know more or less how to set up the car. So we just had to try different set of uh, tire, different settings, and uh, yeah, it was important uh, for our side not to make a mistake. And the car was a reliable uh, whole day, so it was a good testing. Were you surprised to tell? Um, uh, the, the lack of pace from the non-hybrid cars well uh, we never know until when it comes to quality or the race uh, because of the yeah balance of performance maybe they don't show everything so we just do our job and uh, yeah our target is anyway to finish the race without mistake without the reliability issue so uh, we just yeah, concentrate on our, on our job Kaz, it's unavoidable to come into this race thinking that it's not a foregone conclusion for Toyota to win, but you more than anyone knows how cruel Le Mans can be. Yeah, I mean, we know how difficult to basically to finish the race. Uh, anything can happen until you take the checker flag, and uh, even if you are one lap to go, you cannot relax. So, uh, yeah, we know how difficult it is, and uh, we prepared uh, basically everything for this race uh, from last year the month so hopefully every yeah, effort we made uh, will pay off great so thanks for talking to us guys appreciate that thank you thanks. it was 2017 that was a pole position for Kamui Kobayashi 2019 you already have a new Rolex from winning one 24 hour race this year you ready to get another one from this one yeah I mean hopefully this is uh, what I'm looking for uh, nice to have uh, Daytona uh, watch, uh, obviously. I mean, that uh, our goal, uh, this big race is over, we want to win, but uh, two times again, unfortunately. So, hopefully, this time come up to us. Uh, I think we always had a good pace here, but uh, somehow 24 makes us a little bit difficult life. But hopefully, this year we're gonna get it, and uh, yeah, that's it. What did you learn from test day that will help you go on to win the race? Yeah, I mean, test day. Obviously, from last like few years, experience is not you no know, giving us, just giving us a little bit of confidence to the car, and uh, you know when you go in the race weekend, usually quite a big difference. So I don't really consider too much about these test days, but uh, you know we know the track, we know the cars, so we we prepare better than the, of course without the experience. But uh, you know this track seems to be same exactly same as last year, so it's not like surprise so uh, you know just understanding learning body preparing preparation for the, the 24 it seems like you Jose and Mike have developed a really good friendship between the three of you you all get along really well how much does that help uh, yeah I think that we work hard same time you know and we when we had off we relax together I think we spend good time and try to build a, a, as a teamwork because in the end this is not an independent team uh, yeah, we need to work hard uh, all together. So I think we built quite good, and uh, yeah, seems good. 
Coin, good luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mobile One Radio Le Mans on 91.2 FM. Uh, Racing Team Netherlands, uh, Guido van der Garde, Fried van Eers, and uh, Nick de Vries is going to join us shortly. Um, quite a, a range of drivers. We've got the complete rookie, a career driver, we've got the gentleman driver, and we've got the uh, the old pro in Guido. Guido, let's start with you. Um, Le Mans, you've got lots of experience here, Le Mans, and you've raced at the very top of this sport, arguably. This event is very special, or still? Yeah, it is one of the, the, the nicest uh, events there is. I mean, I always love it to come back here. I mean, even uh, it's now Sunday, look how many people that are here were standing around. I wanted to have an autograph. We're signing on, we show the car, we do the team picture. It's always a special day. And um, of course, you're the whole week here, you can get to prepare yourself quite, quite well. Uh, but of course, it's all, it's all about the race, and it, the race is long. Uh, a lot of things can happen. Uh, the weather is, is tough, uh, the night is tough, physically is tough. Um, but I'm looking forward to it because it's one of the nicest things to, to do for, for a racing driver. And we're, we're already a, we're a week away, and here we are with this fever building. Uh, Fritz, why would you, as an amateur driver, put yourself in this situation and com- compete with that's the very quite, top of the that's sport? That's quite easy to explain. <laughs> you know, it's all about dreams. You know, if you want to race, you want to race Le Mans. So it's quite as simple as that. And uh, it took me quite a while to, uh, to make it happen. Uh, because first I started sponsoring a few Dutch teams and I, uh, I had a look and uh, we talked about it. So uh, I got acquainted with it. But uh, at the end, as I made the decision, let's go for it. And uh, the new LMP2 series given the opportunity to uh, to do it and I, of course I'm a gentleman driver I'm, uh, I'm fighting with an LMP2 car but it's uh, you know for me it's the best there is it's quite quite simple sport's really important in the Netherlands and I'm speaking to you as an English football supporter having just been trounced by the Netherlands yes um, so Sorry I'm, I'm, yes yeah, I, that was good I was I, happy with that uh, <laughs> I bet you were we saved you we could be could be 10 to 0 eh? easily <laughs> I yeah, so. yeah I think so yeah. okay boys steady 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 um you 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 caught you know that the team is racing team Netherlands. You're representing a nation. Is that does that bring pressure? Um, sort of yes, but um, I think everybody is proud that we're here, and uh, so far we did a good job. And uh, in Holland we do much more than only racing. We have cycling team, we have skating teams, and uh, and uh, the Dutch know what Jumbo stands for, and uh, uh, so it's a sort of kind of culture. And so we have a lot of followers in Holland, and, and that, that makes me even more proud and even more um, uh, cautious about the situation we're in, because to, to go faster is, is, is easy, but to finish is, is not that easy. And, and we, 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 you know, we do extremely our best to make it to the finish, because that's, that's what the celebration for us really is. And, uh, and, uh, it's going to be tough, I know, but uh, at least I've been here twice more and we did twice to finish, so this is a third time for me. And I have two very professional guys around me, so they will make it happen. And your garage, I've got to say, Guido, it's one of the, 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 the most pleasant garages on the whole pit lane. Even under pressure, you guys 
kind of keep smiling even in adversity. That's really important in a team sport like endurance racing. Ah, yeah, of course, you have to do it with all all together, eh? with the team, with the mechanics, with the engineers, with the team boss. Yeah, but it's fun. And we it's fun. It. And uh, that's what, what we say. We, we, we love it. Uh, we enjoy it. Uh, we know that we always say a day of not laughing is a day of not living. And that's true. And this is also the, the atmosphere in our pit garage. And uh, hopefully we can do a better result than last year. I think last year we were up there. Um, we had some technical issues. Uh, we, we, we solved it. But I think if we have no technical issues this year and uh, all three of us, we don't make any mistakes, we can run top five. Yeah. And that's that must be our goal. Uh, we have Nick on board. Nick is a fast driver. He's showing that in F2 these, these yeah. days now. Uh, Fritz has improved a lot compared to last year again. Um, I'm doing a decent job. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the race and uh, let's see what we can do. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. And best of luck against Portugal tonight. I'm, <laughs> yeah, supporting, I'm supporting Holland now. So I'm, I'm wearing orange. <laughs> thank you, guys. Well, the king of Spain has finally arrived. That would be Antonio Garcia. Antonio, 11th time here to Le Mans. Does this ever get old? Only 11th? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was more than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's always a really nice experience, and I feel as young as, as my first one, I have to say. So I think it's already 10 or 11 years in my, since my first wins here. So now it's starting to be a long time ago since I last walked here. So, yeah, looking forward to, to do it again. And, yeah, let's see how it goes. But, hey, you've got one heck of a record here at Le Mans. I mean, if you've only been here 10 times before, three wins out of those 10, and you're coming in as a reigning IMSA champion once more, that's got to give you more confidence. Of, of course. I mean, but here, I mean, in IMSA, we proved that we don't need to win races for win, to win the championships, <laughs> but here you definitely need to win. So, yeah, I mean, that would be a really nice turnaround for, for the three-car to to get up to the top spe- top uh, step of the podium again here at Le Mans. That would be great. Well, and there's been a little bit more pressure back in the States, too, because Corvette Racing seeking its 100th win on U.S. soil. You could sort of get yourself ready for that by getting a win here this weekend. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of that race <laughs> for a long time ago, and all we could do was second and third. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward for that, too. I mean, that would be impressive. I mean, 100 100 wins that's that's an incredible number so really really proud to be in that position to be able to to achieve that and just just that number proves how how big and important corvette racing is for the 63 crew you guys got a little bit of extra running this year in the world endurance championship running at sebring how much of running that race has helped you coming into this one i think a lot because i mean it was rather difficult to to run the WEC spec race at sebring because we are so used to one kind of routine even on the race so for us i think we we actually did a few mistakes back there because the rules are not exactly the same and because you are in a sebring environment it looked a little bit different but it was like a good rollout or a good heads up for the whole team to to really be on top of everything and i mean rules are changing all the time slowly and and you see how all the wake teams are changing things just to improve everything so i think sebring for sure was a a good experience. I mean, although we didn't finish where we wanted, I think it was a really good thing towards this race. So I hope we can, in a way, use that uh, knowledge and experience and, and use it on during the next week. 
Well, you definitely started off on the right foot. The 63 car super fast at the test. Are you expecting that it'll be the same when you get to the qualifying sessions, or do you think everybody else is holding back a bit? I don't know. I mean, uh, as far as I'm in that position on Sunday, I'm I'm fi- <laughs> I'm fine with that. I mean, we also I mean we always know that qualifying is one thing, and then races changes completely. So, I mean, it's true that. With a 17-car field, you definitely need to be up there because, especially at the beginning of the race, the spreads would be big. I mean, between first and last. So I hope we can be at least half back in order to be able to to fight back and get up there. Because here, I mean, we we saw what what's going on here during the race. It's a sprint race, and every second you lose on track, it's no. There is no joker you can use, so every second you, you lose, you need to get it back. So it's always a, a thing here at Le Mans, but I think, yeah, we, we just need to be on top the whole time. And, and if we are able to do that, that chances are bigger to, to be all the way up on Sunday. Well, anniversary years have been very good for the GTE Pro manufacturers. It's a big anniversary for Corvette Racing. Good luck this year, Antonio. Let's hope that works too. The 64 Corvette at Le Mans again. Uh, one of the drivers, Tommy Milner. Tommy, um, there's so much history behind Corvette at Le Mans. It's quite a load to bear, surely, on your shoulders and quite a responsibility. Corvette come to Le Mans, not just representing a manufacturer, but representing a nation. Yeah, as you said, I mean, it's a, it's a remarkable that this year, 20 years consecutive now that Corvette's been at Le Mans. So, uh, pretty incredible, you know, commitment that Corvette has made to this race and and what it means to the to the brand of, of Corvette. Um, but in, in, in that same breath, the, the the same commitment that the ACO and this town and this race has, has sort of given to this you know this this car manufacturer and this team. So it's an honor to be here for sure. Um, you know, for me especially, being an American, driving for an American legend like the Corvette is, uh, means just that that extra extra bit more. So, um, I wouldn't say that this has, I guess, in some ways, I don't feel like I'm old, but I've done this race. I don't know how many times now, quite a few. Um, the, you know, the the extra allure of this being the the 20th year only just adds to the excitement and the and the fun that this race ultimately is for us as drivers and I think for fans and spectators, everybody that's, that's here here at the racetrack or watching around the world, um, just how special this race is. And, you know, for us at Corvette Racing, um, being the 20th year in a row now, that's something pretty special. Arguably the GTE class this year is arguably the most competitive in the history of, the, of GTE at Le Mans. I know your dad used to thrive on competition. I would imagine you're a chip off the old block when it comes to that. You'd rather have that than just walk away with things. Yeah, I think I think if you asked all the drivers, we'd all probably secretly, you know, want to guarantee that we're going to win the race. But there's nothing like racing hard here for 24 hours. Um, and we saw it last year. You know, unfortunately with the safety car situation there, there wasn't a, a phenomenal race, let's say, for the for the lead. But you could see the potential for an amazing race, and hopefully. You know, we have that this year. And the, you know, the, the BOP hasn't changed a whole lot. You know, I think I think in the end we'll have a race that's pretty close. I hope so, at least. Um, you know, and, and this year now too, with 
the the elimination of a hard cap on 14 laps for the for the fuel stints. That now, if there's safety if there's safety cars or slow zones, that there's a potential that if you can go 15, then potentially 15 is on the table. That's what endurance racing is about. Is the strategy. It's the you know it's the whole team working together to to get the result. So um, I'm super excited for this year. I'm you know. I'm, Again, our race last year wasn't great. We were out, let's say, we weren't out of the race, but we were out of the running, let's say, pretty early on. But watching our teammates and watching the race unfold on TV, you could see that there was the potential for an unbelievable race with ultimately 17 cars that can win the race. So um, hoping for something similar again this year. I I think we will have that. Um, The test day time showed everyone was super, super close. So... Let's see what happens qualifying the race, but um, I'm I'm definitely excited for this year. I was going to ask you about test. Um, all right, the 63 car was top of the timing sheets, but how representative were those times that we saw last weekend? How representative were they of what we're going to see this week? I mean, I think it's a great indication of the competitiveness of the class. Ultimately, I think. Um, you know, we saw last year. I think the Porsche was a little bit faster than than we went in the test day. Um, so race day comes and, and the cars are or race week comes and the cars are certainly a bit quicker um, and that's a combination of a lot of things it was pretty hot on the test day I think too so any updates and any improvements that people have done was probably mitigated a bit by the conditions on the test day so uh, I think I think instead of just looking at lap times I think it's, it's better to look at the whole class in general and it was super close so um, like I said I mean I last year was exciting to watch unfortunately you're watching and not a part of it I think this year again will be similar with the cars all being pretty darn close. So that's what, you know, like I said, it'd be nice to know that you had a cushion, but I don't think that's possible in this class. Um, so if anything, to race hard 24 hours and to be in it at the end, if, in it, if you are the ones to win, when you know that you've beat 16 of the best cars and drivers and teams in the world, it means something, and especially here at Le Mans. So I'm excited for that race coming up here in about a week. Um, and hopefully, yeah, about a week from now, hopefully we're on the top step of the podium. Tommy, I wish you all the very best, all the very best from Mobile One Radio Le Mans. And I know someone else who's excited, actually Adam. Let's see who she's got from over there. Well, the rebellion has arrived, and uh, Gustavo Menezes, you certainly arrived in style with a spray can in hand. Uh, rebellion Racing, looking a little bit different this weekend. You guys have gone quite bright. You're giving Americans a bad name, dude, with the spray cans everywhere. I drive for a Swiss team, first of all. I'm just playing my part. But, um, <laughs> no, we have an awesome opportunity to collaborate um, with Tommy Boys. Um, you know, I think it's one of the first art cars you see in the prototypes. It's definitely different. It stands out. You'll see us at night. Um, to be honest, I don't care. I'm inside the car just going as fast as I can. But, um, no, it's a really cool cool deal, you know, um, luxury art, fast cars. It's, it's something people enjoy. So, like I said, playing the part, standing out, being loud. I know how to do that part, too. So um, I'm looking forward to the race. Well, people pay attention to you when you win, for sure. You've got a win under your belt. Thomas has a win under his belt. And now you've got Nat Berton in the car as well. First off, how has he been adapting to the whole team? Yeah, Ned's done a really good job, honestly. He struggled a little bit in Sebring, but it is not the easiest of tracks to get around your first time in a P1 car. Um, Spa, he felt a lot more at home, and in the Lamol test, even better. So, um, yeah, I have open arms with Nat, you know. Um, I think he's adapted himself quite well. Thomas always been fast, and I'm feeling good. So, looking forward to seeing what we can do. You guys were good in the race last year, but the Toyotas were impervious. <laughs> looking at their record, luck hasn't always been on their side. Certainly, you guys are feeling like, maybe 
something's going to give with them and you guys can swoop in for a win, right? Yeah, I mean, we can't get our hopes up too high. We have to be realistic, but all we can do is the best race possible on our end and uh, hopefully they don't have the same situation as us and we'll see where the end takes us. Are you guys hoping for rain? Preferably not. 24 hours in the rain is long. It's risky. It's difficult. It doesn't matter what car you're in. It's going to be hard. Also, those four-wheel drives have more advantage in the rain. So hopefully we can uh, stick to the dry and just get around. But if it rains in practice and qualifying and then it's dry for the race, what does that do for you guys in terms of learning the car? I mean, we had the test day to get the car somewhere, and I think everyone's in the same situation. So all we can do is hope that our uh, our predicaments are the best and uh, and see where it takes us again. Hey, Gustavo, good luck. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to Mobile One Radio Le Mans on 91.2 FM. Neil Yarney, the word on everyone's lips, or so this question is, did your underwear make it through scrutineering? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, we have that one set we never use, and we just bring it to scrutineering. Ah, right, that's how you get through that. <laughs> Neil, I suppose the other question is, what's it going to take for the Rebellions to beat the Toyotas? Uh... Most probably uh, a, a big, thick underwear. <laughs> no, in the end, uh, yeah, luck, I would say, pretty simple. So how do you motivate yourself then? Is it is it a question of just going out and running your racing, doing the best you guys can? Yeah, I mean, motivation at Le Mans is different than in other races because, I mean, I think we, we have proven it in 16 that you never know what happens until the end. And in 17, the same thing, just in the other way around. Yeah. You know, I've, I've won the most incredible, impossible race and I've lost the race, which was impossible to lose at some stage. So, you know, we know it's not pure pace. We don't have the pure pace, but do we have the reliability? I hope this time finally we have it. That's, that's yeah. what we're hoping for. I suppose the challenge is just getting through 24 hours. Yeah and, yeah, and that's, you know, uh, so far we've always, everyone complained about Toyota and others who are quick, but we've never really been there to benefit once they really are in, in trouble. Just about to benefit or we've just fought a lot of own issues. And I really hope this weekend we finally get rid of that and then we wait and we sit and wait and watch. Yeah. I, I mean, we've talked about putting kilograms on the Toyota, but you more than anyone... You know, you know what it's like to drive one of these hybrid cars in comparison to the standard LMP car without any hybrid technology. What are the major differences? I, th- I think we showed with the Evo, with the 919 Evo, when they went to Nordschleife and what the potential of these cars is. And the potential is immense. And, you know, it's the beginning of those cars. They, they can develop, develop further. And... You know, it's a better car. It should be up front, and it should be a lot better because it's a lot better car. I can, I mean, I can compare it. It would be unfair, to be honest. And I think that's why a lot of us are hoping for also the new rules, uh, which that they, you know, bring back what we had in 14, 15, 16, and they also still a little bit in 17. The rebellions rolled out into scrutineering here in a completely different livery from just a week ago at test. What's the story behind the new livery? Well, I guess uh, they had a long night and uh, they thought, let's change it. And ah, I think it's good, you know. Uh, it's cool that they uh, you know, are creative and they think a bit different. I mean, you look at our suit yeah. and they give us the paint. So basically, it's us who did the paint job, as you can see. So have been given a lot of fluorescent paint to, to basically graffiti everywhere. You have to be careful we don't paint you. Yeah? I was just about to say goodbye. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> I'm going to let you go with your spray cans. Thank you.
Uh, the number 48 Edek Orica um, hasn't got this man at the wheel of the car, but he's still got a vital role to play in the team. Nicholas Manassian. Nick, um, we know you so well as a driver, but what's the different role here that we now see you in quite frequently? The role is to um, to bring my experience to, uh, you know, now I'm like team manager, sporting director, and I do lots of things uh, in the team, supported by a big crew. Team IDEC is growing a lot, so I'm bringing my um, experience of, uh, you know, uh, top teams from the past to a team that is uh, going up in, uh, in, in performance, in, um, they want to grow, so that's what I'm in for, here for. And are you enjoying it, or would you prefer to be? Uh, we would all prefer to be a bit younger, but you know, no. would you pre- did you prefer being a driver, or are you enjoying this role? I, I still love, I still love driving, but I, I thought that it was a good thing for me to learn a new uh, something I've always loved to do. And yes, I enjoy it because we are competitive, because uh, everybody's hungry. We're very good sponsors, great drivers, and uh, and it's gelling well together. The, the, the team, you know, you feel like you got same kind of satisfaction. And you're the glue. I am the glue. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. That yeah, actually, you can yeah. use that. Yeah, yeah, can you? I'm the glue. Yeah. But as a driver, you've just got it yourself. It's quite a selfish profession being a racing driver. But now you've got to think of everything and everyone. Yeah, but uh, you, you it's, it's the same as every uh, as one you driver. You cannot do it on your own. So you always have to actually try. To, when you driver, you bring everybody to work for you, and you help your teammate if they have a problem. You're trying to be um, open-minded and not selfish. When you are in endurance, when you are in a single-seater, you are, you've got to be horrible to your teammate, you know? Yes. <laughs> but when you're walking the team, it's the same, you know, you, you, you cannot be good at everything. So you've got to find the people who are good at each position and the one who gel very well with everyone. And that's why we're trying to create at IDEC, you know, have the right person at the right place. So there is a, it's very functional, you know? Were you happy with what uh, you guys did a test here? I know you had a job list. Did you do everything on the list? It's never exactly as you wish it is, you know, but that's Le Mans. Uh, we've learned something else because it's, it's never the same. It was very hot. Uh, the lap time was not as competitive as before. It felt, um, didn't feel that fast, but we've got uh, all the tyre, the aero, the setup, and the driver. They've all done in review what they needed to, to do. So now it's just got to be go as fast as you can without crashing the car. And is that what it's going to take to win? It's it's always like that, isn't it? Because you crash (laughs) it, you've done a horrible job, you're too slow, you are rubbish. (laughs) It's true, it's like you've got to be fast, but you've got to be not crashing the car. Yes. So it's not easy. You you made it sound quite simple, though. Don't go fast and don't don't crash. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be fast and you're not allowed to crash. Yeah, but it's... We've done everything we could to give the driver the, the right support, and uh, they got to have fun as well. It's so, it's, you know, I'm missing that a bit. So I'm trying to tell them, you know, enjoy it. You huh? have to be serious. Really enjoy it. It's like do it like if it's the last time you're putting your ass in a racing car. Right. All the time you put it to your ass. All the time you drive it, it's like your last time. Then yeah. you, hopefully, you can feel that and, and be quick, you know, yeah. and, and enjoy it. It's great to see you and great to talk to you, Nick. Thanks, Thanks. for talking Thank to us, Nicholas Manassian. You're listening to Mobile One Radio Le Mans 91.2 FM. Shay Adam alongside Joe Bradley. It's quiet, Joe. We survived day one. What do you think about it? I think it's uh, it's become part of the event. There's a massive crowd uh, here at the Place de la République. 
in uh, the middle of Le Mans, right in the town square. And it's you can see everyone's come out of the offices. I think everyone's closed early for the weekend. Uh, and it, we're, we're still a week away from the race. And it's hard to keep telling yourself we're still a week away but the, the, you know the, the atmosphere is beginning to build and it's going to continue to build until we really peak uh, in, in, a, in a whole week's time it's fantastic great great, great event just scrutinizing is a great event first chance to see the cars really up close and hey, the livery on that rebellion that took me by surprise I didn't expect the livery to change in seven days well, I, I think, as uh, Gustavo Menez has alluded to, uh, the fact that the drivers decided, we need to brighten this up a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't actually use the spray paint on the car, yeah. although he tried to make us think that he did. Talked to a lot of really good people today. Um, who was the person who stood out the most to you in terms of a conversation that seems to be in the zone for this one? You know what? I was really um, I was really interested in talking to Kaznakajima. Um, you know, even though everyone is saying, everyone's alluding to the fact that Toyota, Toyota only have themselves to beat. They missed one massive ingredient. They've got to beat Le Mans itself. And 24 hours around here is that, you know, Le Mans is king. Yeah. The actual event, the 24 hours, the, the sleep deprivation, every member of crew going through what they go through. It's a team sport, endurance racing. And we're going to see that. And it comes down to each individual pit stop. And all it takes is for a wheel to get stuck on, for a fueling rig to fail. It's the meticulous preparation that we're seeing this week back at the circuit. That's, what's, that's what makes you win Le Mans. But that's also what can really bite you. And on that note, the driver who stood out the most to me was Antonio Garcia, because it's been so long since that crew has won a race. Yes, they won the championship last year, but the last time Jan Magnussen and Antonio Garcia stood on the top step of a podium together, August of 2017. It's been a long time. They want to win badly, but they're not expecting it to come. And you've got a lot of drivers who came through today almost feeling like they were owed something, that they've got a really good shot. Antonio's just sort of like, I'm here if it comes great. You've reminded me of a really good saying I was given when I first took up border racing. And that was, to learn how to win, you first got to learn how to lose. Exactly. And I think there's nobody comes into Le Mans in a Le Mans week expecting to win this race. You're going to do your best, you're going to cross your T's and dot your I's, and you're going to see, hopefully, you're going to come out on top next week. But, hey, you can't even think about that at this stage. We had a lot of people come through today. We've got even more to come tomorrow. The good news for all the drivers and teams who came through today, they pretty much get tomorrow and Tuesday off. So they've really planned this the smart way. And Joe, looking at the schedule for tomorrow, just to give the people at home a little bit to, to wet their palate, what's the team that's jumping out to you that you can't wait to talk with? I, I always enjoy talking to Richard Dean at United Autosport and, you know, those two late entries, the addition, additional pits that were there to cater for that. We're looking forward to see them. Anyone to be honest, in LMP2 is going to be interesting to talk to because it's a really competitive class. But as I was I was talking to Tommy Milner today, and I, I, I said to him, this is the most competitive GTE class of field that we have seen ever at Le Mans. And that speaks volumes. 
because everybody wants to be here and you and I are the lucky ones who get to talk to everybody who actually gets to be here and see the dreams played out. You can tune in tomorrow. We're going to bring you one, maybe even two more shows. It just depends on how many people we actually wrangle to talk to. It'll all be live and free for you for now. My thanks to Joe Bradley. I'm Shay Adam, and on behalf of Mobile One Radio Le Mans 91.2 FM, have a good night. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.